everybody. This is astrologer DK Brainerd, and you're listening to the Stars for the People podcast for the week of Monday, July 19th, 2010. This is going to be a short and sweet one. Um, it's late, and I'm late getting this to press. To press, not depress. But um, I want to talk to you in this podcast about Saturn and about fear. So Saturn moves back into the sign of Libra on Wednesday, July 21st. And that's going to make the final kind of connect the dots in what astrologers have been calling the cardinal climax, this very dynamic and we could probably say tense configuration of the outer planets, Pluto, Uranus, Saturn, and we've also got Jupiter in the mix there for for the next month or two as well. So um, I was going out to the goat farm to get some goat milk um, this morning, and and I was taking the new iPhone with me, you know, just in case I had the need to use the technology that I suddenly have at my fingertips. And uh, some ideas have been sort of percolating uh, around the house in the morning about um, <clears throat> some ways of approaching this Saturn. You know, and there, there's so much fear involved with Saturn. And you know, there's a reason for that, but it's it's not productive. And so these ideas started flowing on the drive, and I just I ended up recording it. And I was going to re-record it because there's some background noise from the car, but I just felt like it was, um, you know, Jeff Lupo, the guitar player in the, the band I'm in, um, it l- talks a lot about, you know, when the innate, which is what the chiropractic community calls the divine intelligence, when the innate is flowing, you know, you just roll with it. You keep the tape rolling. And um, sometimes you make mistakes or you don't have the sound set up right. But if you stop and try to be a perfectionist, a lot of times you miss the best ideas. And it just felt like there was, you know, some real flow coming through. So what I'm going to do is um, is leave you with that. And there's about eight more minutes of, of audio. And that's just um, me allowing that flow to come through as I'm driving out to the goat farm to get some uh, raw goat milk. And um, I hope you enjoy it. The The rest of what's going on this week I covered in pretty outstanding detail in the weekly newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the weekly newsletter yet on the site, um, I highly recommend it. Some weeks, you know, I'll be honest, some weeks if there's not a whole lot going on, you might just get two or three paragraphs from me. But um, weeks like this one, yeah, you get a full expose. So... It's absolutely free. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. And um, it's a great way to keep in touch with what's going on week to week in the world. The one other thing I want to tell you about, and I'm not really sure why, um, somehow this I could probably try to philosophize this into um, you know Saturn and talking about fear, duty, and mastery, as I talk about in this week's video, Saturn video. But... The other day, um, the little baby, I'm looking down at his arm, and I'm like, man, what happened to his arm? He's got this sort of oval-shaped red welt kind of thing. And I'm looking at it, and it looks like he you know, he got burned or, you know, or Jenny was hitting him with the electric cord or abusing him or something. And um, I looked closer, and I, I was like, I think that's a hickey. 
you know, I don't know if, if you're listening in other parts of the world or the country, maybe not everybody knows what that is, but I remember being confused and intrigued by, you know, people talking about getting hickeys and giving hickeys in junior high school. And it turns out that's what happens if you just suck on somebody for long enough. You, like, put your mouth on someone's neck and and just suck long enough. You kind of raise all the blood vessels to the skin, and it creates this sort of red mark. And I'm looking at my kid, and I'm like, man, it looks like he gave himself a hickey. And, you know, I haven't told this whole story on the air, but because he came so early and, you know, we didn't end up doing what we had planned on doing, which was being at the alternative birthing center because um, he came early and it was a shock and they wouldn't let us in there because he was preterm. And, you know, we still had the natural childbirth, but it was very chaotic and we were in triage for a while and all this stuff was going on and we were totally exhausted and we had to stay in the hospital for a couple of days. And, um, and, and they stuck him on formula, you know, as soon as they could. And, and it took us about five weeks for, for him to be able to figure out how to latch on after we got home from the hospital and really consistently <laughs> breastfeed. And so we, we think that he's, um, you know, we think that he's like, having experienced the other side, you know, the nasty formula and not being able to latch on and being so frustrated and mom being so frustrated and him crying for six hours a day. And so all of us being frustrated, um, that now that he's figured it out, he is just like, that's the only thing in the world and he's not going to be separated again. <laughs> and if he is, you know, um, cause obviously Jenny has to live some, some semblance of a life. Um, he just goes to town like sucking on whatever he can find, which is usually his hand. And somehow I think earlier this week he landed on his forearm and just got in a good session. And um, anyway, it doesn't seem to be bothering him. But I guess if I want to try to philosophize, I just thought that was a funny story. But um, if I want to try to philosophize about it with, with Saturn, you know, um, that that's sort of the way the Saturn energy works in the sense that Saturn brings up fear and wherever it's going in your chart. So wherever Libra is in your chart, you know, Saturn moving from Virgo to Libra is going to shift the energy for all of us. And wherever that is in your chart, Saturn tends to bring up these deep fears that we have. And as I talk about in the next segment, it's really only our fear that keeps us from being who we want to be and doing what we want to do. There's really nothing else, you know, um, because together we can do anything. And, and we have this immense capability in our minds um, that is just so untapped. And I talk a little bit about this program that I'm working on in the next segment, but um, I'm really excited. I feel like this is a time where, where we're going to start tapping that potential. We already are. And the next step is that we're going to get real serious about it and, and understanding why we need to do certain things and, and think in a, in a certain way and use the mind in a certain way can be really important. And then, you know, the next step is that we're all going to connect outward to each other and um, amplify our efforts that much more. So with that, um, I'll leave you with this little bit of uh, channeled information and I hope you find it useful and enjoyable. Have a great week, and um, I'll see you over at Words for the People. Um, Saturn and Libra 
Saturn is always, the first lesson is going to be about fear. You know, and all fear is the fear of death. Ultimately, Saturn is the Grim Reaper, Old Father Time. And um, fear is what holds us back from doing what we know we want to do, from what we know we're supposed to do, from what we know we're here to do. And so, you know, one of the things I focus on in the Saturn and Libra reports that I've done for every sign is how do we work through the fear that's there? Because that's what we're programmed to do. We are programmed to be fearful. We are programmed to be afraid. But it's really nothing other than that fear. You know, as Churchill said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. It's really nothing other than that fear that keeps us enslaved and that keeps us from doing what we want to do. And ultimately, when we practice mindfulness realize that you know we really do only have to fear fear because once we work through the fear once we're aware of the fear we allow the fear to be there we feel the fear and we move through it to the other side that's called present moment awareness because fear is always flashing us back to the past or forward into the imaginary future and the way fear actually works as a mechanism is that it takes events from the past, you know, so pain that we had in the past, things that went wrong, things that didn't turn out the way we expected, times where we were punished, abused, rejected, hurt, and it fast-forwards those onto, superimposes them onto our imaginary picture of the future you know so say we're the boss calls us in at work on Monday on Wednesday on Monday and you know we get this call boss wants to see you well we know we're in a really bad economic climate you know um, and maybe we recall being called up to the teacher's desk or being called into the principal or hearing your father wants to see you right now, something like that. And we haven't ever really processed that trauma. So what happens is that subconsciously, when we hear the boss wants to see you, you know, we, we take these stories of people that we know that have gotten fired unceremoniously or downsized or dumped in this economy, and um, we take that emotion, <clears throat> emotional feeling of that trauma of from the from childhood and we put those together you know in in the in this new program that I'm bringing out that I'm just so excited about and I'm going to talk to you more about it in the next few weeks um, we're going to explore the fact that you know we think of these thoughts as our thoughts so what I'm about to describe is the way this mechanism of fear works is we take those two in that example we take those two events hearing about our friend Mitch's unceremonious firing, you know, where he was dumped, escorted out of the building by security, and basically he didn't do anything wrong, he was just being downsized, but he was totally humiliated and resentful, and as we were sitting at lunch and Mitch is telling us all that, you know, he's spewing this emotional poison 
which we certainly feel is justified, but it's still emotional poison, and we're soaking it up. You know, we're reliving that experience with them. So we take that, because that emotional poison is inside of us, and then we take our own experience of being called into the teacher or the principal, or your father wants to see you right now, or get in the house right now, we know we're about to be punished. And, you know, maybe we were punished for something that we really didn't think we did anything wrong, or the punishment didn't fit the crime. And subconsciously, we take both of those, conflate them, you know, mix them, superimpose them, and fast forward it onto this event that's still in the imaginary future, you know, and then for as long as it takes us before we go see the boss, you know, and that could be anything, it could be a court date, it could be going on a date with somebody we hope really likes us, you know, it could be wondering if our house is going to be foreclosed on, something that might happen a year in the future. You know, but the whole time that we're waiting for that, we're continually projecting these traumas from the past onto this imaginary future and causing ourselves suffering in the present moment. <clears throat> and if we weren't using up all of our energy in suffering, you know, and in, in carrying out this whole mechanism, we would have that energy to create an alternate future, which is out there, just waiting for us. We just don't create it because our awareness it's not in our awareness. Our awareness is locked up in this mechanism of trauma. And so in this new program that I'm coming out with, um, and I'm hoping to have a prototype available to you by the middle of August, it's called Hacking the Matrix. And basically what I'm going to propose to you is that you are not the one who's doing all these actions. And the implications of this are sort of can be terrifying if, when you're first looking at it, but it's also incredibly liberating. And I believe after years of study and years of personal experience, you know, working in the mind fields, that <clears throat> it's true, or at least truer than the way that we look at the world now, which is you're not the one that's doing all that. All of those are manipulations by the matrix or, um, you know, there's like this unseen shadow entity that has infested humanity. That's the way the Toltec teachers would would describe it. And so basically, that's what's controlling you. And the reason that they, these shadow beings, or it, you know, the global egoic mind, as Eckhart Tolle puts it, um, are carrying out these manipulations is because they feed on the energy of your fear. And so they or it have a vested interest in keeping you in this constant state of fear. Once you see through that, you know, it it liberates intense amounts of energy. And if we all had our natural power and our natural energy and the properties um, of our natural mind, the whole mind, we would be able to recreate the universe in a very short period of time. And I'm suggesting that's what we do. And one of the ways of doing that is by working, by being aware of what, how Saturn functions and by working consciously with that awareness, with that Saturn energy, rather than being the victim of the fear programming that we're all, that's embedded in all of us.
generation Refuse to take their medication Your electroshocks, your chemical pills mm, Ain't gonna cure what ails us And I've seen the best minds of my generation Washing windows at the service station I Guess up the beat 